Welcome to Real Health Talk by Mindset Movement. Today for our episode, we have a special guest called Joshua Berglund. Now, Joshua has a very interesting background. Um, he has a foundation called Live Manor Worldwide that he's going to tell you about. He's a producer. He's a shock jock evangelist for Gratitude Unfiltered. So it'll be interesting to see that. Um, he does podcasts and uh, many other things. So we're going to bring him on just after this. Align mind, body, and soul. Real health. Align mind, body, and soul. Real health. Well, you actually said the name of our foundation right, and that's that was great. Live Mana Worldwide. We are a multimedia. We have a multimedia broadcasting network where we cover all mediums. Um, you know, TV, radio, blog. Um, we even are in print now. We publish all of the blogs. We transcribe everything, um, and we we do that to cover every medium. Our mission is to be a the voiceless and provide a platform for the voices the voiceless so it's very important with the subject matters that we cover we get censored um, on the social media platforms and part of the reason why we were so motivated to create our own network was we didn't want to be censored um, we were covering we cover issues that a lot of people will not discuss but need to be spoken about and uh, we put a basically we put a spotlight on the shadow world um, so we cover every medium, but then our foundation side, the mission is to equip, train, and teach those people that have the passion um, to, to, to they want to get their voice out there or say there's a nonprofit that now cannot go out and fundraise or a ministry of all religions. I, I Even though I love Jesus uh, with all my heart, I... I, I love my Muslim brothers and sisters. I love I love my Buddhist friends. Like I don't I don't have any judgment towards that. And if somebody has a mission and they're struggling and they don't know how to get their message out to the world, we train and equip those people. We also teach them how to monetize their message. Um, so we all things media, we are equipping and arming people uh, to be able to get their messages out to the world. Um, I was my dream was to have a talk show growing up, and uh, my whole, anytime anyone would ask me what I wanted to do for a living, I was like, "Well, I want to have a talk show." And uh, but I never believed it was possible because I never planned on going to broadcasting school or anything like that. But I I listened to talk radio and watched infomercials when I was a child. Other people watch cartoons. I was watching Jack Delane and the juice commercials and in <laughs> the, I mean, I love the both. I would watch the Bowflex infomercials because I was fascinated by it anyway. So I, um, but I was doing a show called morning gratitude. I started this show on my phone and it was a happy kind of uplifting show. And I, I revealed quite a bit, but I uh, had a down, I had a down moment and uh, ended up giving into my former demons and uh, had a, I went on a four-day meth binge. And in that four-day meth binge, and I had given my life to Christ already, and, and I, I'd been on a good path, but I just, 
I let that noise in my head get to me and I surrendered to it instead of God and gave in and went on a four day meth binge. And at the end of that four day meth binge, I swear to you, I was about to start the party all over again. And God came to me and I could like see him out of the corner of my eye. And he said, I'm not letting you go, but this is going to suck. <laughs> and, and he said, and he goes, I want you to put a spotlight on your shadow world. And that me, and basically that meant no secrets, talk about everything, let it all out and, and show people how they can be grateful for life's most traumatic moments. And I was like, well, this is crazy. He even gave me a name for it. Well, right after that, and I was like, okay, I'm hallucinating. This wasn't real. Five days in a row, I got five different phone calls. They all gave me the same exact message that could have only come from God. And that's when I said, you know what? I'm done looking for jobs. I'm done looking for, I'm, I'm all in. I'm just going to serve. That's it. And that's how Gratitude Unfiltered was born. Now, you mentioned me being the host of Gratitude Unfiltered. Actually, about three weeks ago, I stopped hosting the show. Um, I'm using Gratitude Unfiltered now as a mentorship platform. I don't need it. So part of the mission that we have with Live Mono Worldwide, one of our sub-missions, but it's also the priority, is to equip the youth. We believe with all of our heart, um, not only with the future that we're going into with technology taking a lot of people's jobs, um, we believe that the only way to stay ahead of the robot, so to speak, is by becoming a brand. And if you think about it, plastic surgeons have to brand themselves. Preachers are branding themselves. Individuals have to brand. That's the only way you can separate yourself from the pack, from the rest of your competition. And yeah, ministry is a competition. Hate to tell you folks, but it's still a business. So you have to put yourself out there as a brand. So the youth going into these uncertain times, there's two things. One, what are they going to do with themselves if these other jobs are not there? The second part is, what about, I remember what it was like being sexually and physically abused as a kid and being told, if you say anything, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so I remember that. I remember being silenced. And I remember the consequences of my silence. And so I want, I know that if somebody gave me a platform as a youth to be in a, in a safe environment for me to speak my truth, I could have saved a lot of pain for a lot of people. Outside of myself, um, you know, like I hurt myself a lot, but I hurt a lot of people also. And I know that if I had a voice to be able to express what was happening, what was going on with me, I could have broken that cycle early on. I could have gotten help. I didn't. So my duty now as a man that is healed is to teach what I know, how I healed and how I overcame six times in jail, HIV, battling my sexuality, sexual and physical abuse, going from the abused to the abuser, being homeless, <laughs> bankrupt twice, um, like you name it, divorced three times, losing my kids, all of that. I went from all of that to now living the life that God called me to live. And I could not be happier about it and also live with no shame because I have no secrets. And that's been very, very empowering. So if we can get to the youth and equip them and train them where money's not an excuse. Look, it's expensive to learn how to 
multimedia broadcasts and learn things, all things media. I mean, I have at least a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of education in what I've, I got through serving. I did all of that with no money because I was willing to show up and serve. What if there's a little boy or a little girl there right now that's being abused that wants to speak, but they don't have the money or the equipment or the need or in Pakistan or anywhere in the world? It doesn't matter. They deserve to be heard just as much as I do. So our mission is to equip and train those people because we believe if we elevate their voices, we're going to break the cycle of pain for a lot of people. So I'm using Gratitude Unfiltered as a mentorship program, but I am about to launch a new show called I Am Joshua, and I'm very, very excited about it. So you're now reaching out to the youth because this is where they need to be taught. The younger, the better. You can also help them mold their mind as well. What about the parents? Do you think it's important also to reach out to the parents so the youth um, have something to fall back on when they get home? Oh, absolutely. Um, but I, I also think that kids have more influence on their parents than the parents have on their kids. And the, what I mean is how many children come home, they, they, they have a, an experience at a youth camp or church or something like that, and they come home and they start bugging their parents to go to church. Well, I mean, we give in to the kids and give them candy when we don't want to give them candy. You know, when they start bugging you about going to church or something like that, you do it. You, you listen to your kids or you see a positive change in your kid's life. You have to take notice unless if you're just absent, if you're just not present with your child. So I believe the influence really comes from the kid, um, from the children. That's my belief. That said, parents need to know, especially men, so many men hide in shame over what had happened to them. There, there, there's more men that have, were molested as kids um, than, than most men will admit. And this is like this little secret and we hide. And the reason why they hide it is because of the thoughts that they have around being molested. And, I, and, and, and this may be controversial, but the fact is like if a man was a, if a, man, a boy was molested by a man, there's a good chance that that boy is going to be having sexual thoughts about other men. Well, I'm sorry, but that's one of those things. It's, it's okay for two girls to get together, but for men, there's a stigma of like, well, that's just gay and gross. But the fact is they're still having the desire because, <laughs> and, and they can't help it. And yet they shame themselves or then, then they beat themselves up. They abuse substances to make it normal. Like for me, Drugs made the nightmares about what happened to me turn to fantasies. Well, fantasies are a lot better than nightmares. So I want to influence people to understand how powerful the truth is. And one of the craziest things that I can, that I can tell you about the truth is sometimes the truth changes. When I'm talking about a personal truth, like when you learn to love yourself, like for me, I had to learn how to love myself for all of my weird sexual stuff. Like I wrestled with Jesus in this, like, will Jesus love me if I'm this way? Like if I have these fantasies about, you know, bringing other men into the bedroom, into my relationship, or if I have these, this, this male attraction or these other desires, like, is God gonna love me for this? God loves me no matter what. Jesus loves me no matter what. I'm not saying Jesus approves the actions of going out and sleeping with multiple people. I'm not saying that. 
But I had to get to a place that I understood that Jesus was going to love me no matter what, and then learn to love myself. And the, when I learned to love myself, what I, what I realized, all of these crazy, wild, insane desires that I was having, they went away because they were no longer, they weren't loving things for me. They weren't loving, healthy actions. Bringing multiple partners into a relationship was not something that was going to help me live my best life because what came attached with that was a desire also to do drugs and other things. So eventually it faded away and what was true for me at one point kind of changed and that's okay. But the key is if we can get honest about what's real for us in that moment and we can speak about it, it creates the atmosphere or the opportunity for us to heal. And when we heal, our heart heals and then all of a sudden we become this, this radiance of love and joy and at the same time, we become fearless because these things that we, 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 we self-imprisoned ourselves with, like our secrets, our shame, we lock ourselves in this cage. When you put the spotlight on it and break out of it, you're free and nothing can touch you. There's nothing that anyone can ever, you can call me a faggot, you can call me, you can call me anything you want, a junkie, it, none of it has any power over me because I am Joshua. I'm exactly the way God made me for this moment in time. And I am so proud of that. I am proud of what I've overcome. I'm proud of the work I get to do for other people. And my past is only a fuel tank for my purpose at this point. It has no weight on me. How did you learn and how are you still learning to love yourself? Because there are people, like you said, who are going through exactly what you've been through, who are going through abuse and who are confused. One, how did you learn to love yourself? Two, what about um, the God side? So somebody who doesn't believe in God or whatever, atheist, agnostic, or different faith, can they also be saved? How does that work? Well, for me, I, listen, I don't know if it's, there's a, it's a one-size-fits-all recipe or anything like that. For me, um, I always sought out other people to try to fix me or to, to fill a void. And I learned that only really... Jesus filled that void for me. I had to get alone. I had to learn to be able to be alone with myself. And the truth was, I was always scared to be alone because I didn't trust myself because the minute I got alone or lonely, I would be on an app looking for sex and drugs. That's the truth. Or I would go out to a bar, get hammered, then go look for drugs. And because I couldn't be alone. I had to learn how to be alone with myself and just be alone with God and have conversations with God and be willing to look at myself in the mirror and go, I get to face this part of me. I get to, I get to fix this. I get to love myself. And so it really came with just getting comfortable alone and learning to like myself alone because I had nothing to contribute to a relationship. The reason why I have such an amazing relationship, I have, God restored my life. My, I have a family. That came from that time alone in healing myself. And, and, and it brought, and like, yeah, there was still work to be done. I'm not saying there's not, but I healed myself and I got myself to a place where I had something to offer a woman. And because of that, um, because of that work, it's transformed my life. So the other question, listen, I don't judge, um, 
any other belief system at all. And I tried other religions. I'm not going to tell you, like, I know what the Bible says, but I also, there's a part of me that says, well, man got his grubby little hands on the Bible too. And he started removing sentences out of the Bible. And like, so like, I'm not going to sit here and said, the Bible says this is the, I know for me, and this is the only thing I can do is, is to be the expression of Jesus that I can be. And that's what I'm led to do. But I can't tell you that I can say for me, I tried Buddhism. I tried the one universal God. I tried it. So I read the book of John and the book of John. And I didn't understand anything about the Bible. Like I really didn't. Like I read it and I was like, what the, this, none of this makes sense. This is ridiculous. But for some reason, outside of reading Proverbs, and I was like going line by line, well, I'm doing that wrong. I'm doing that wrong. I'm really doing that wrong. But it was, it truly was when I opened up John that I saw the heart of Jesus. And like, why would this man, like, even if it was a myth, why would this man live a perfect life? Or, and then to say that that was exaggerated. But he had the heart to live a perfect, sinless life. And like this, say if it was all a fable, he still tried to do this and he died for us. He died for me. He died for like he was crucified. Like, why would someone do that for me? And the heart of that broke my heart. And I needed my heart broken. And, and I needed to recognize that all of this anger that I had towards my father and all of the other people in the event that hurt me, that I had a role in hurting all of those people too. And, and, it, and it really opened my eyes to helping me forgive, um, forgive myself, forgive my father, ask for forgiveness where I needed to ask for forgiveness. It's where the radical shift happened in my life. It didn't mean the work was done. That meant the work just started. But the commitment and the desire to truly, truly change my life, my ways were no longer working, and surrendering to God's is what changed things. I can't tell people. I can only speak for myself. I can't, I, I, I'm not going to sit there and tell you word for word the Bible is perfectly accurate and it's pure and everything else. I can't say that, but I can tell you that I read the Bible every single morning. And because I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, then I see truths that are revealed. And that opens, like, and, and then that, that the Spirit shows me what's real in that text, what I need to understand, what I get to use to make myself stronger, to make myself, my heart more pure, to make my desire to serve even greater. Like, I found my purpose in Jesus. I found my purpose in following Jesus. I found my purpose in the Bible. I, I swear to you, sometimes I feel like I'm living in a new New Testament, the way my life is like played out. And I'm cool with that. So I'm not going to sit here and say, tell everybody that they're going to hell. I do believe Jesus, when he says, you know, it, he is the way, <laughs> like the truth and the light. So like, that's good enough for me. That's what I'm following. And there's no other God out there that claimed to be a savior. Not another God out there that there's not one, not one, not Buddha, not Muhammad, nobody. 
like they, no one else claimed to be the savior. And to me, that means something. And I believe since the beginning of time, man has done everything in its power, including the Catholic Church, to separate us from that truth. And I'm not making fun of Catholics at all. But I am saying we have a direct source. I mean, Christ is inside of us. We don't need to go to somebody else to have that relationship. So I don't know. I hope that answered your question. And I'm not really even trying to dance around it. I just, I don't have judgment towards others. But here's the thing. I can't force anyone to accept Jesus. It's like trying to get somebody to accept your political beliefs. It's just not going to happen. It's not. It's a personal thing. It's a choice. And here's the thing. You may surrender your life to Jesus one day, but the next day, give your life back to the devil. And that's the truth. Surrender is a daily process. Sometimes surrender is an hourly process. I have to, I kind of renew my life and renew my vow with Jesus every day because it is a daily commitment. It's a daily commitment. It's not something you do on Sunday. It's a daily relationship. And if you want to live the kingdom life, the life that we were set to live, well, it's a daily process. It's a daily walk. It's a daily journey. And, and, and I love it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Everything in my life that I destroyed has been re- restored. And I have, I mean, literally, I can't get a job. I, have, I, was, I mean, outside of having disassociative identity disorder and borderline personality disorder, like that's that those are those things, these mental illnesses that plagued me for over 30 years. But you know what? None of that has kept me from living the life that God created me to live. Like my dreams are coming true by helping other people's dreams come true. How freaking cool is that? So I don't know. Like, I can't tell you what to believe, but I can tell you what changed my life. Thank you for sharing that. I love, I love your, your, your zeal. It sounds, it sounds so zealous in what you believe. I just want to go back to the fact that when you said that you had to be alone with yourself in order to learn how to love yourself. It, it reminds me of the song, I'm talking to the man in the mirror face to face. So how did you do that? Because there are many people, and it's funny that I'm going to say this, but a lot of them are men, I, I find, who don't like to be alone, who mm-hmm. always need to be with someone or go from partner to partner because they're afraid of that shadow. So how did you manage to um, put your mindset over the rest? Because it's all about the mindset can, um, transforming the body. Though. How did you manage to do that, Joshua? Well, I think it was the willingness to want to heal And when asking God to search my heart for the areas of my life that needed to be healed, I basically got the finger pointed right at me. And so because I expressed a willingness, like, you know, whether you say like, Lord, use me, um, or where do I need to heal? What, what do I need to heal to become the man that you called me to be? And you ask those questions and, and, and God reveals the answer to you. You have an opportunity to, to, to take action. Well, for me, I was willing, and God put that mirror right up to my face, and I had a choice. 
That was my giant. The giant that I had to face in that moment was myself. Because I was the one that was getting in the way of my success, of, of, of my calling, of, of healing. So I remember that, that where I was at. And, and when I was willing, I had a choice. And I remember being so uncomfortable because I, like halfway through being alone and having these conversations and having to like really, really accept some of these realities that it was my actions that were causing these things to happen. I wanted to run one first phase, but because I sat there and I sat with it and processed it and prayed through it and worked through it, that's how it happened. Now, not everybody is going to have that same experience as far as that maybe not what they have to heal first. Trust me, whatever you need to heal, if you're willing, God will show it to you and he'll bring it to you and it's going to feel like a giant. Or say you're praying for some kind of big breakthrough. You're praying and asking God or the universe, whatever you want to say. You're asking God for this, like, please help me do this for me. I can promise you, if you're praying a big prayer like that, God is going to put a big old giant right in front of your face for you to face. Because you have to overcome that before you'll be ready for the next level. Because God will not give you anything that you cannot handle. That's good. That's perceived good or bad. Like if you can't handle the, like an exorbitant amount of financial blessings, you're praying for millions of dollars or whatever. If you can't handle it, God's not going to give it to you. Like we, this is why we got to show God that we can be faithful and good in the little things, as opposed to always wanting the big giant home runs and grand slams of life. Those, those are few and far between. It's the little things that we show God that we can be a good steward. Now back to the healing part. I think most men, especially when they have that divide, that conquering, that hunter, I just basically want to get between your legs and, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to spread my seed. Like, there's a conquering mentality, a caveman mentality that we have to, to get over. And the more immature that we are, the more we're wanting to spread our seed. Like it's, it's an it's insecurity and a void. And like, it's like a desperation to fill, to fill that, but you can't fulfill it. Like I, I couldn't fulfill the, 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 the sexual needs that I had like this, to feed this beast because the more I fed it, the more it wanted. And, and it's not, it's not a loving act for herself. One time I did a show, a girl reached out to me that I, in high school, used to, um, I used to just, we just hook, would hook up. Like we did, had threesomes together. We were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. This is in high school. She came on my show. This is 20 something years later. Came on my show because she wanted to talk about her son being molested. But in that episode, she goes, I need to talk to you about something. And she aired this out. Like, this is like, we're live. She said, you remember in high school when we were doing all those things together? And I was like, yeah. She said, well, I really liked you. And, and I cared about you. And I thought that I could have a life with you. And that's why I did all those things with you. It really, like, it takes two to tango. But it really shifted my, my reality about sex and how just, sleeping with sleeping around and being being that person 
it really opened my eyes to the effect that sex can have on a woman um, and how it can shape her because that was in high school and the damage that was done then affected her even as an adult. It affected her relationship with her husband. And that really opened my eyes to the importance. I mean, outside of soul ties and things like that, it really affected me in how I viewed sex and just being basically a man whore. Because it is in the end when we're just wanting to spread our seed, it's like we're trying to fill a void that can't be filled. It, not with sex anyway. You're speaking from a man's um, point of view. And so you know men, how um, they want to spread their seed, they need, um, you know, they're, they're trying to fill some void. And for a woman's side, a woman's point of view is women, um, we, we will do things that we don't necessarily want to do out of um, insecurity. We, we want to feel secure. Mm -hmm. right? We want that person to stay with us and take care of us and that security side, you know, the, the male, the female. So mm -hmm. it's interesting. It's really great that she managed to get that off her chest on one of your shows. Um, Joshua, if so, we've come to the end of your episode. Where can people contact you? Could you tell us if they want to continue talking to you about certain things? Also tell us where they can find Gratitude Unfiltered and Grace Unfiltered. Well, Art, you can go to live, L-I-V-E-M-A-N-A, worldwide.org. Um, you can find our different shows under multimedia broadcast. You'll see some of our different shows and the blogs that are written, uh, the content that we're putting out. Um, you'll also learn there about our mission. Um, but as far as like the different shows, I mean, they're all there on that website. And then, of course, social media, you can just look me up. Joshua T. Berglund, B-E-R-G-L-A-N. Pretty easy to find. Um, we run every, even though we are on social media, we really focus on building our website. Um, in fact, I encourage anyone out there that's building their brand, do it through your own website. If you're relying on social media, you are not building the value of your brand. You may get paid to post, you know, once you get to a certain amount of followers, but you're building somebody else's company, not your own. I encourage you, if you have a podcast, a live stream, anything, run it through your own website. Your website is like a stock and it matters. And going into the new world that we're heading into where you are, when you are basically scored on your contribution to the world, think China and what they do there. It's coming to America. It's, it's already being set up. Run everything through your website. You need to own your own content, own your own message. I don't care if you go out and create your own TV network and you're competing with us. We're a nonprofit. We're here to serve. The more people that compete, the better. I don't care. The point is, own your own, own your message. Don't be a victim to censorship because you feel led to speak about something or don't be worried about the backlash that you may get if you share your heart own your message, run everything through your website. So that's amazing. Thank you so much for, for that advice, um, Joshua. Thank you for being so transparent. It's always uh, good to see someone who's got a soul who can really reach <laughs> and just inspire others. That's amazing, Joshua. Thank you again. You have yourself an amazing day. God bless. Thank you. Guys, from Joshua Berglund, you can contact him on 
um, livemanaworldwide.org or Joshua Berglund. You can find him also on the social media and his website. Stay tuned for the next episode. And we'd like to thank Double Mint Radio for airing the show. Align mind, body, and soul. Real health. Align mind, body, and soul. Real health. Real health.